Morgan. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And the Lincoln Journal stars, Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Friday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break. Uh, I'd say a wild show so far. Check out the podcast at theticketfm.com. I tried to explain what spitting bars was and really failed epically with that. What did Corey say on the text line? He says, spitting bars is rapping, you dorks. <laughs> dorks is a good dorks is a good way to Probably describe. a good way to describe us. I, I mean, we're not very with it. That's what's happening right it's now. more embarrassing for me i'm it 30 is. I, you know, I you're, you're more in the clear here i am i don't really have an excuse i have just kind of yeah put aside things the last eight years since i left college. well you you try to stay in and hip yeah you have to work a lot i mean you have to be very adult <laughs> you do you on a daily basis you have I to be very spit adult. bars <laughs> I know. I spit know. quality content over here but i don't know how like you're married now, yeah. Um, you have a true serious job. How do you stay with it? I mean, how do you? I mean, I don't even try to stay with it, Harrison. I don't. Well, again, it's it's acceptable for you at 55 years old. Mm-hmm. You're, you're supposed to, you're supposed to not be with it. With it, yeah. I'm not supposed to know. You're what's supposed spinning. to be stuck in the 70s. Yes. Yeah, so when he puts, I'm not supposed to be. I'm 30, and I am. Yeah, you kind of are. I didn't even live in the 70s. When he put spitting bars on the grease board, when Harrison wrote the term spitting bars, yeah, when at that very moment, that's one of the things that contributes to you feeling old. Spitting bars. I've never heard that before. I have heard it. I just didn't have a good description for it. I guess rapping was simple as that. Are we... Yeah. I wonder if we should ask the listeners the question, are we too dorky? Four six four five six eight five Texas if you want to. Are uh, are we, are we not too with dorky it? at early break? I, are, I think I'm a dork, so it's fine. Are we not with it enough? I think that adds the charm of the show. <laughs> yeah, our relative yeah, relative lack of coolness. Yeah, yeah yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm never overly concerned about. No, it. me neither. I mean, I have a lot of concerns in my we, world, we, and we, that is not one of them. I mean, we made bird noises on the show one time. <laughs> and Do that, we really and care about our coolness? Yeah, then here? I was reading the other day that bird, bird, birds chirping is a mating call, and I was like, what were we I doing? I said, there's no way that every time a bird chirps, it's a mating call. Okay, now- Because little birds chirp. <laughs> Chicks. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hey, it's Harrison, this is, it's happening again. mating with her little babies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stop. Just I'm stop. To, I'm trying to help you out. Here. No, you're not. You're not because helping anything. There's no way that a mating call every time the bird chirps. This is just this is just simple life question, life answers here. Yeah, Harrison made a good point. Sometimes when a bird is chirping, it's it's a warning. It's a it's a indication that something's not right. Right. Uh uh Jordan says, let's just say it's been a while since you two have spit any bars at all. <laughs> Yeah, I, like it never for me. I, I mean, I, I don't. You guys are sufficiently dorky for Nebraska. 
<laughs> Thank you. Uh, Craig says, Jake is a smart dork. Simple is a clueless dork. A clueless dork is what we're going with. That's incredible. A smart dork. <laughs> and a clueless dork. <laughs> we're going with clueless dork to describe me today. Brian, right. uh, Brian says, just the right mix of knowledge, professionalism, and dorkiness. <laughs> We try to be professional. We do. We, do. we are professional of this show. We are professional, aren't yeah, we? We are. We, we Very have, professional. We have, we have moments where we fall into a lapse of <laughs> dorkiness, uh, but we, we come right back to it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, people are asking, hey, what what was the song? What was the answer to the Super Bowl squares yeah, in the like, first let's, hour? Yeah, let's take care of that. The answer, which 12, 11 people got right, so we'll have five more spots who are due for a different question this hour. Okay. The answer, which was the question was, what do I believe is the greatest song in the history of music. The answer, which 11 people got right, is Dancing in the Moonlight by King Harvest. Okay. So 11 people got that right. Yes. But 11 very, very loyal listeners got that right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guesses. And, and, and there were some good guesses. Like, there were some fastball songs, Tom Petty songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, several guesses for Lido Shuffle, which is up there pretty, for me. Pretty, yeah. Several guesses for also uh, What a Fool Believes, which you know I love by Doobie Brothers. That's top five for me. Right. So, I mean, you should get almost like a a prize for that what too. if fool believes his top five yeah for you really i've told you that before man but how can your top five not sort of it's it it uh, evolves yeah. but number one stays the same it's yes. the best song see my number i don't know i don't i can't say that i have a number one favorite song because that that could change that conversation changes what is so uh, funny six to eight a.m dorks on the air <laughs> It's fine. Dorks. Heard worse. Yeah, dorks. So you have to come up with another question. Yeah. Well, I'll do that at the end of this segment here. Okay. okay. Do you have anything in mind? Yeah, I do. Okay. I got it ready for me. Okay. I Before we get on with, I wanted to get to, with, with talk about coaches and the polar opposites of when you hire a new one. Okay. I, so we talked about last hour, I saw this <clears throat> just before we went on the air here. Okay. That Kristaps Porzingis got traded from the Mavericks to the Wizards yesterday. Right. Yeah. I love when this stuff happens, and you hear a story about what went, you know, what what also changed from this. Last night, the Mavericks were playing at home. Okay, the trade deadline happens before the game. Guess what the giveaway was to fans at the game last night? Oh, don't no, don't tell me a bobble doll. A Kristaps Porzingis poster. Oh, is that right? Which was already set up throughout the whole arena. They had to go take all of them out. Every, you know, you, somebody took all the time to go put them on the chairs. And then the trade happens. Oh, by the way, go take those posters off the oh, chair. He's wow. no longer a Maverick anymore. Wow, that's awesome. That's yeah, interesting. It's it's hilarious. Actually. Yeah, it's sort of interesting. But you you have all these players in the team, and the one night you have a poster giveaway is the same day that guy gets traded. Hmm. hmm. I thought that was worth mentioning. Yeah, it is it's worth funny mentioning. To me. Yeah. Four six four five six eight five. Call or text as always. So we have seen here at Nebraska. I'm seeing it right now with my favorite NFL team, the okay. Miami Dolphins. A polar opposite hired from the previous coach. We have we have seen that. We have seen that here a couple times now at Nebraska. We've seen it really in the AD's chair too. We have we have. So uh, last week the Dolphins officially hired Mike McDaniel, the 49ers offensive coordinator, to take over for Brian Flores. Now these are two very very opposite people. How would you describe Flores? Brian Flores is a hard ass. He is an alpha. And he's a defensive-minded coach. How would you describe McDaniel? Well, first of all, offensive-minded coach. You're opposite there. Uh, I would not call him a hard-ass at all. He's right. more of a nerd. Yeah. And he's not an alpha. 
This is the complete opposite. He has to be something of an alpha to be a head coach. But I get Somewhat. it. I get what you're saying. But if you watch, no, his, I get what you're if you saying. watched his press conference again, he had some good answers. He was he was he was a good press conference by him yesterday. But it's not the same type of coach that Brian Flores was, which I think I I would assume that guys can relate to more in the locker room than a guy that is more of a a nerd type like mm-hmm. McDaniel. So I'm just curious when you okay. when you make a change in an organization whether okay. it's professional or college or whatever and you and you do the extreme opposite of what you just had mm-hmm. does that usually work out is it usually worse like what what, I is, think, what is your view on, on, on here, here's that, my view that strategy in general here's my view on it it's an incredibly flawed way of thinking it's an I think it's an incredibly flawed approach if that's what if that's what a leader sets out to do, actually. Because the the right approach is to go out and find the best coach. Not necessarily the coach who's... We, we need somebody who's different from the last guy. Why? why? I mean, why? Which, what, it seemed to be the philosophy here when Pelini was let go, to go to the extreme opposite. It seemed right? to be. Now, With I don't Mike know. Riley. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Sean Eichhorst, Nebraska's AD at the time ever verbalize that I was looking for somebody that was the polar opposite of Bo that would be a, a yes man and would acquiesce to my every demand unlike Bo who would not you know who yep. Bo would be very hard to manage you know very hard very hard for Tom Osborne to manage very hard for Tom Osborne to manage okay yeah if you're an AD and you want control you hire Mike Riley right um, you hire a guy who's very passive and who's very – and who, by the way, is on the last leg of his career. So is, is right. very apt to say, okay, yeah, I guess if you want to do that, we can do that, as opposed to a 40-something who would say, what the hell are you talking about? This, I'm the coach. I'll do it my way. No, I'm not firing that guy. No, I'm not doing it. What are you going to do? No, I mean but, – but back to the original point, I mean, I've had to contemplate this a lot over the course of my career. What do you look for in a coach? That part of it is way – I mean, that's that's not even on my list. A, a person, man or woman, who's much different than the previous one? No, I'm not, that's not even in the conversation. I'm looking for – what I'm looking for is – I mean, you now understanding that the situation dictates – some of this right but generally what are you looking for you're looking for a charismatic leader yes. a leader someone you can identify someone you can identify that you think people will follow will will listen to will it's really hard now that's hard to do see i don't i you know what you know what the thing about football that that has really it sort of confounds me is this whole notion of, okay, this team needs a head coach. Who are the great coordinators out there? I, I don't get that. That doesn't, a great coordinator, a great play caller to me doesn't equal great head coach. It, that's not, I don't see it that way. I, I don't yeah, care if a guy with, can call I'm plays. With, I'm with you on that. I don't care if a guy can. Can he lead? St- yeah. I don't care if a guy can stare at a play sheet. And, and call a great offense. That doesn't make him a great co- a head coach. No, absolutely not. But that's that's always the fallback, it seems like. Who are we looking at for the next head coach? Well, just check the great coordinators out there. I don't know. 
Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a US-licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. On Deloitte's OnCloud podcast, my co-host Mike Cavus and I talk with innovation leaders to explore how they use cloud engineering for new possibilities for their organizations. Join myself, David Linthicum, by subscribing to OnCloud wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, but but even like the philosophy of of the hiring of somebody that's completely different. Like, let's go back to Bo for a second. Like, Bo, that's obviously, the most glaring one. Bo obviously had his faults here, but if if you were trying to tear down what he did and go complete opposite, I mean. Look at what he did. He won nine-plus games for seven straight years. He didn't win a conference title game. He appeared in three of them mm-hmm. in seven years. Mm-hmm. They they won a lot more than they lost. Mm-hmm. The idea that you had to go to a coach that was completely opposite, an offensive-minded coach and a, a yes-man. Mm-hmm. A, a, he was a yes-man. I don't. I don't think that with what Bo did on a yearly basis for record wise would indicate you needed a complete shift in your program, which is evident in how that turned out. Nebraska. Well, yeah. Now hindsight's twenty twenty here. Uh-huh. I can look at it and see. Well, yeah, it was obviously it wasn't going to work out. But but even like going from Solich to Callahan, I mean, that was that was completely opposite, right? Okay, but that wasn't their first choice. It was completely opposite. But that was more about going to a a much different overall program approach. That was that's what that was about. I don't think it was as much about personality. Well, it wasn't. I know it wasn't. I mean, and, and you can't really say. They went from Solich to Callahan. They did, but that's not wasn't that wasn't the original plan. That was remember forty one days. How how many coaches Understood. how many coaches did they roll through? You know, four or five. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah, um, to get to Bill, but that was it. That what that was was an overhaul. We don't have to we don't have to go deeply into this. Everybody knows that was an overhaul of approach. That was Steve Peterson saying. That was Steve Peterson saying we want a more NFL friendly program one that will churn out NFL players we're going to change the system we're going to, we're, we're going to change the offensive system to one that will produce more NFL players we want this to be a factory you know um so he overhauled system that's what he was that's what he wanted to do um so that wasn't so much about personality but the person i mean the one the good personality example would be Sean Eichhorst versus Bill Moose. Right. Now I don't know if Hank Bounds if that's what if that's what he was going for, but that's what happened. I mean it was a, it was a complete shift. Yeah, where compl- one guy you could never heard from the other guy would love talking. Well, and just that that Bill was just much more affable, comfortable in the crowd, loved interaction with people. And I'm not hey, and I'm not this is not 
This is not criti- being critical of Sean Eichhorst. I'm, I'm not going to criticize a man for the, the way he is. I mean, Sean is just naturally more reserved. He's more natural in a bureaucratic role, you know. He's, I always thought Sean was probably, it made more sense for him to be the number two guy in the background telling the AD or the AD saying, hey, can we do this? No, can't do that. It's that, you know, that's against the rules or whatever. Um, policy dictates, hey, Bill, policy dictates that we do do this or that. That's the role I, I thought Sean Eichhorst was made for. The role he's in now at Texas. Deep in the Texas bureaucracy, right? Yep. Where you don't really he's he has a role and it's important. He's hidden, basically. Though. Yeah, it's a, it's an important role, but it's a behind the scenes role. Um. Now, an athletic director like Bill. Now, criticize Bill all you want, which people are doing, and he made some bad moves clearly. Um, but Bill was a leader. I mean, he took that part seriously. He had to lead that department through the covid year and so when we start taught when we start assessing bill bill moose's tenure here a lot of people you know they go into the fred hoiberg mystery extension or extension that played out behind the scenes strangely they go to the scott frost extension um but they don't go to the fact that he had to lead them through covid which was really difficult and it took it took genuine leadership to do that and he, I thought he did it really well. He got him, he got that department through COVID in decent financial shape. It wasn't just Bill who did it, but he was the one lead, leading the way at the time. So, Bill did take that leadership part really seriously. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. But again, I'm not looking for opposites. If I'm in that chair, I'm looking for someone. And I don't mean when I say charismatic, I don't mean like somebody who has a big personality necessarily or an outgoing personality. Tom Osborne was charismatic in his own way. Yeah. Um, in his own kind of quiet way. You can be quietly charismatic, but Tom was a leader. I mean, people followed Tom. He just had that. And it's hard, it's hard to find those guys. Bill Belichick, I, I, would, I would describe him as charismatic in his own grumpy way. Yeah. Right? But they, they people follow him. He, he's... He has an aura, and it's more than aura. It's a lot of things that go into being a great leader. Um, you have to, you have to, you have to. I'm, I'm trying to search for the right words. I mean, you have to be the guy who takes charge at critical times. Critical times, and and that that's not just critical games on Saturday. That's in your daily existence. There are things that come up where you know these guys, you know these women, you know them. That happen. There's things that happen in the, in the in your day to day life where people need to take charge. Okay, here here it is. We need this to happen. Boom. Some people just make yeah, it happen. I, I can. I, can I don't s- consider myself that person either. I wish I was more of that. But that, that I know people like that that just say, okay, we got to do this right now, now. I, I could see in terms of a philosophy of of hiring a different type of coach, going from an alpha to a nice guy. If if your team was like three and thirteen, you know, if you were a train wreck, alpha and, and, to a nice guy. Okay. Well, I mean, like, I'm giving the Dolphin example. I'm giving the the 
Bo to Mike Riley example. Okay. Like if if Bo had gone his last year like three and nine, okay, and it, it seemed like it was unraveling, mm-hmm. then I can maybe understand the approach to go to a complete opposite. Maybe okay, from a, a guy that was you know was he was pretty brash. Bo was a was yeah. was a different guy. You know, he was he was mm-hmm. very fiery, mm-hmm. feisty. Mm-hmm. Brian Flores was feisty and fiery for Miami. But again, if the Dolphins went three and fourteen this past year. I might get the change, complete change to the total opposite mm-hmm. of saying okay, that didn't work. Do you think that's go. what they were looking for—is a total opposite, or were they just looking for the best guy? Well, their visual of the best guy is the is the complete opposite. Yeah, right now. Well, did, but it, did it just—I can't happen? speak for the search and who, right. well, who else is like similar to Brian Flores in that hunt. But the guy they ended up with is the complete opposite of what there, Brian Flores. Right. Is. There are clearly times when that is the intention. And there are then there are other times when it just happens to be that way. Sure. I think with Pelini and Riley, that was largely the intention. But I don't know the thing with a lot of these discussions too is they're sort of complicated by the situation. Bo, okay, here's the thing about Bo. The thing you always got to remember about Bo's situation is Bo's personality. Bo told me Bo Pelini told me when he took the Nebraska job, said, "Well, I won't be here more than five years." I'm like, "Why do you say that?" Because I wear people out. He he was made, here for he seven. seven. Yeah, he made he made it seven. Out, though. But he wore me out. <laughs> he wore yeah, he out. wore a lot of people out, yeah. right? But he he know he knew that part of him. He understood that part of him. I wonder if Flores is that way. If he if he internalizes that, you know what? I, I do wear people out. You know, I think that's that that level of self awareness is really important. Um, but I was always struck by that. I mean, Bo's very intense. I mean, he's here's the thing. I, I think people around him would say, no, he's pretty tolerable a lot of the time. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not. He's, 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 he was an interesting study because he could be super funny and relaxed. But, I, but you know, then, that, then there was that other side, too. And that's what he was referring to when he said, hey, I won't be here much more than five years. I was always struck by that. Doesn't have necessarily an even keel. Like Fred. Like Fred Hoiberg. Right. Fred Hoiberg, I don't think Fred would say something like that. I won't be here more than five years because I wear people out. Fred does not wear people out. When 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 things are tough in Fred's program, you know what he does? He makes it a point, a point to not show to not show that things are going bad. So people around him feel comfortable. All right, that that's a lead, that's a leadership trait. All that you know, when when all that stuff was heating up with Abdul Masi that week, you know, Fred Fred handles that stuff really well because he doesn't want other people to be affected by it. Yep, and that's a that's a that's a great trait. There's not all coaches are like that. They'll they'll be affected by external forces, and then everybody around him will be affected. If the leader's not affected, then the people around him stay calm. And Fred's like that. He is. Yeah, Fred's very calm. I bet you Riley was like that. Oh, I know he was. <laughs> well, I know he was. Yeah, he was pretty calm. He was very calm. Like after sixty-two to three at Ohio State, I was struck by how calm he was. You just got your butt kicked. Yeah. Yeah. Now Jay, see Jay Foreman, who's probably listening right now. Hello, Jay. Um, Jay used that as an example. He's kind of taken aback in a bad way by that. You just got you just got kicked, and you're you're reacting okay. I mean that's. There's a that, there's a fine line there, right? Yes, there is. But you don't want to experience that. No. 
62 to 3. Uh, before we get to break, it is time for part two of Super Bowl Squares. We already oh, got, you got a first question? 11. Yeah, I got five. The, the first five to get this question right on the text line. Text in 402-464-5685. If you, got the, if you won the first round and if you're already in the contest, you are not eligible. We want new names in here. You have the 11 names? Yeah, they're on. Well, they're on my. Okay. I'll, I will text them after the show. Okay. Get them confirmation. But um, all right. The question here: the first five people to get this will be entered into Super Bowl squares for great prizes. What hotel in Saint Joseph, Missouri, is Sipple captivated by? Yes. How about that? Yeah. Right off the, the first, interstate. The, well, don't don't tease too much. The first five people can right get, across from Denny's. You can get that right. What <laughs> what hotel in Saint Joseph, Missouri, is Sip? Captivated by it's still there. The first five on the text line at four six four five six eight five will win, or will be entered to uh, win Super Bowl squares. When we come back, Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports on early break on the ticket.